Hey, this is Aquia Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, the podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. It's a lot, it's a lot. How are you doing, Sugar? You're looking gorgeous. Okay, thank you. I thought I'd make an effort today, man. It's just been a wild couple of days with what's all going on. No, how, how do you manage the crap that's going on in the world with your own emotions and trying to get on with life your own way Girl, i've been praying <laughs> i've honestly that's the only thing that can help me i mean i decided yesterday last night i was like i'm gonna need to take a few days off social media because like yeah. as much as it's informing me what's going on it's also a lot and i was just finding myself literally just sitting there upset so I'm taking a few days off from that and just trying to pray and keep my spirits up because mate this is it's a lot going on it's wild so before I mean before things went a bit well it's been tits up twice really we had the, <laughs> we had the lockdown and then we had this now this I mean <laughs> I mean in that amongst the lockdown how have you been enjoying lockdown has it been as an actress as well the creative trying to make sense of where your journey takes you I mean it's been scary mm. there have been moments of complete fear <laughs> like what's gonna happen next and then there are other moments where I'm like okay um, I'm grateful that I've got this project coming out so I don't feel completely like hopeless so we've been doing a lot of um, press and stuff for this um, I've I've recorded an audiobook from my bedroom which is wow. great yeah <laughs> was it was it for a pre-published book another or was it your own project no, it's a pre-published book. I don't write, so yeah, it's somebody else's book that I just read. <laughs> that's, 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 look, it's about adapting, and as the word is pivot, everyone's talking about being yes. pivot their skills to accommodate this new um, normal, as they're calling it. So yes, that's, that's been a good shout for me, because um, the audiobooks are something I started uh, a couple years ago, actually, yeah, two years ago, and this year I've had three, I think. Oh, wicked. I finished my third one, which was from my bedroom, which was great. So I'm hoping there are more books that people want me to narrate because that's a great way for me to keep, you know, active in spite of not being able to, you know, be in contact with people. (laughs) You do have this wonderful new project that's coming out. Um, I May Destroy You. Please, can you tell us about your character? Well, tell us who your character is and what role she plays in this world. Uh, My character is Terry uh, Pratchard. She is Arabella's best friend. Um, Arabella obviously is the main character and we follow her when she goes through some traumatizing events in her life um terry is her bff so she's been there from like when they were back in school and so they're transitioning into adulthood i guess um i've been saying the word adulting a lot because they're everyone's trying to figure it out because there's no rule book on how to do this life thing and um it's just exploring their responses to trauma um Arabella's response to trauma and Terry as her friend how she's trying to help her Terry has her own issues she's dealing with which she's also trying to respond to and um, break down and understand 
so um yeah there's a lot going on <laughs> I, I have watched the first four episodes and i was a bit Hello. like this is a lot, a lot. In, a, in a good way not in a like hmm, why are they doing this it's more in a good yeah. way however how close to the bone was it portraying terry and being in this world for me more than anything the acting side of it was what oh. i really related to <laughs> being the struggling actor i know that all too well um, you know, the nerves, the chickening out, the going into the auditions and being presented with things that you just have to act on the spot and, you know, battling with the notion of, are you good enough? Is that why you're not getting the jobs? Um, so that I think I relate to and being a friend and just trying to grow up really like the shows a lot on friendship as well and how they all are there, each other's support systems. I mean, I've been there for friends and they've been there for me. So it's also shown, shining a light on that and, you know coming together as people and being there really it's kind of the the, the 30-ish age is that the age group or is it just before or is it not is it we actually, it's not age specific yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's over 18 <laughs> so i mean it has to, if it wasn't i'd be like no maybe he's not watching that not yet um, um my 20 year old can watch it very safely yeah um but i because it's interesting because I, I i know she's anticipating at being a fan of most of you guys involved in the show and so it's going to be I, I can, I'm anticipating how relatable it's going to be it's relatable to me but I can see my generation looking at it like I wish I had something like this that spoke to what mm. we were going through we're a couple of generations ahead of you guys and <laughs> was there a moment where not maybe a moment but even taking on this role and being a part of this project yeah for the first time and we don't get it very often in the UK, some representation of black people living in the moment and experience things in the moment that are not tied to road stories, that are not yes. tied to single motherhood, depression and absent father issues, mm. even though that might be parts of some of their stories. 100%. How does it feel being a part of this narrative at this time? I am thrilled. I mean, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to be part of the project. Mm. Um, to see three black leads on BBC One. I mean, I was, I had to be part of it, which I'm so glad that I was, you know, able and of being offered the role. I'm so, so glad. I mean, it's necessary, I think, and it's definitely a game changer, I hope. Um, Michaela's done amazing work and being given a slot like this on BBC One and obviously in partnership with HBO is a huge deal and I'm hoping that it's going to open the doors for more stories that are not like what we've normally seen to be told on such, you know, such a scale. And how did you bring Terry to life? What, what was it about Terry that you wanted to bring to the table to make sure that people do like, I identify, recognise Terry? Your bubbly spirit. <laughs> So, I mean, that does shine through. <laughs> Terry's, Terry's a variation of me. I mean, every character that I play is, you know, a different sure. me as that character, I guess, or tries to take somebody on. It's just, you know, the trying to get on with life that we all can recognize, you know, making the best of situations, thinking, you know, trying to make the right decisions for your life while living at the same time and I think it's crucial especially for creatives because we're so like in our work and constantly working it's also nice to show the other aspects of it that we do have lives outside of our creativity um so that's something that I was kind of thinking of so when developing her as a character I and which is not hard because Michaela's written them so well because they have situations outside of their creativity or whatever they do they are rounded characters 
So I think that's what it, it kind of was, you know, making the character full-bodied and come to life rather than just, this is my story, this is what's happening and that's it. You can, watching it and even um, working on it, I had ideas of Terry outside of those specific situations that are shown. So she was a real person kind mm. of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's just making her a full-bodied character. <laughs> I mean, because not everyone gets it right. And I think it, that is testament to um, Kayla's writing and her, yeah. what's going on in her mind, but also what you, how you interpreted her words, the chemistry that you guys show is real. And I love, there's a scene when you, oh, I don't know what's spoiling and what's not. There's a scene when you guys <laughs> are together it's just when you're like, getting ready to go out that I can say that. You're getting ready yeah. to go out. That is so me and my girls that isn't... <laughs> even as British Africans, we don't have, necessarily have our culture depicted on screen or mm. our isms on screen. So when I'm hearing you break into you know, a little bit of accent and doing the come on and that stuff is so... Um, it's being seen and it's validating. And it's like, we do yeah. exist. And there's we all types of black, black people. And mm. you know, we've got Africans, we've got Caribbeans, we've got this mixture of culture. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed by what you guys have done. However, you do yeah. touch on some really sensitive subjects. Yeah. Was there any reservation? Did you have any reservations in some of the scenes that you were involved in? Um, I was conscious of the gravity of those deep scenes. Um, I think for more, my character, more than anything, was the... Is this a spoiler? <laughs> I can't say I'm going around the edges. I just said some of the scenes that you're involved in. Broad strokes. Okay. Okay, so I'll keep it broad then. Um, yeah, there, was, there are some serious scenes, some hard-hitting scenes, but filming those scenes were... Production did a fantastic job in making sure that people were comfortable and when they were doing it, it wasn't... Because they're sensitive subjects anyways, all of them. Mm. Production made sure that everyone was comfortable. For the... Sex scenes, there was an intimacy coach. Yes, I've met her and she's amazing. She's really great. Um, personally, I wasn't involved in my sex scene. I'm not comfortable doing um, sexual stuff on scene. So yeah. there was a lovely lady called Lana and she was my body double. So that was great. I still met her, we spoke and with Ita as well. So everybody was comfortable with what was going on. It's interesting because even at, at your stage, you've got a, you have an extensive career. So you are, you're there. You're, you, Aww. <laughs> we know you. But however, it's also having the confidence to say, I'm not comfortable. Because I know that in the time of Me Too and Time's Up, yes. women on set being comfortable and even having the strength to say, you know, this is a massive job, like you said, BBC, HBO, but yet mm -hmm. you still had the strength to say, I don't feel comfortable doing this without feeling mm -hmm. the risk of losing that role to an actress of like, well, I will bear all and I'll do more just because I'm yeah. not either, I don't mind, I don't care, whatever, whatever. How did you feel? Was that an easy decision? Was it an easy ask? I think what happened was I went for the last audition with, my last audition was with Michaela and we mm -hmm. walked in and we had an amazing chemistry and I left. And as soon as I got home, my agent had called me and she was like, uh, so I just got a call. Michaela knows you're a Christian, so she's not sure how you're going to feel about the sex scenes. And I was like, okay. But I hadn't gotten the whole script by then. So they sent me that scene and I read it and I was like, yeah, Richard, you're yeah. not going to be doing this explicitness. So if there's a way we can work around it, I'm happy to. If not, it is what it is. It's hard to say that. I'm not saying that, you know, it's an, it was an easy feat, not at all, but... I have my 
say it with my chest if that makes sense (laughs) everyone has their beliefs and if they stick to it and I'm not comfortable doing that um so that was a discussion that was there so they were like okay let's see and I hadn't been offered the role then either Mm. but that was already my stance I said if we can work around it then that's brilliant and then um I did get offered the role and I came back because I was in the states when I got the role and then I came back and did the reading and so we were going on and there were discussions and they were like, oh, how about if we do this? And I was like, mm, mm. and then they came up with, production came up with the idea of a body double. And my agent called me and she was like, is that? I was like, yeah, because I understood that for the story, it was obviously pivotal. Necessary, yes, yes. Yeah, it needed to be told because it would be, I understood that it would be, it might have been detrimental to the storyline. Sure. So when we were, they were able to come up with that, I was like, that sounds great to me because I'm not compromising myself. I'm going to be comfortable. You know, I'm not doing anything that I will regret. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then they found a bond, the, the lovely lady, Lana, and she came and she was incredible. I mean, when I met her, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at myself. <laughs> really? She looked like you as well. I mean, not physically, but she's like my height, kind of same body stature. And yeah. then when they put her in, an identical wig, identical clothes, makeup and everything was the same. I was like, yo, this is (laughs) crazy. So that is the magic of it. But I do appreciate that in this time, I could stick to my guns and it be honored and respected and a way to be moved around. And I think that's also a testament to production, to the, you know, Valfar, BBC and HBO for taking consideration, especially in this Me Too era, you know, of people not being forced to do what they don't want to do. And actually the fact that Michaela then was, knew who you were, what your yes. beliefs were and raised it because in another world, another space, even she being a black woman in this position might not have had, felt comfortable feeling like she could make that call and yes. say, look, this is something I want her, however, ABC. Mm-hmm. What was it like being on set knowing that this is a black creation? She wrote it, she starred in it, directed, she directed some episodes as well. Yeah, she co-directed. A, a very predominantly black cast. I mean, I know obviously black leads is already a thing, but then the surrounding world, you've got Amel, you've got Anne Aiken, you've got yeah. people and your show. What was it like being in the UK on a set like that? It was inspiring. Yeah. I mean, when I, when, when, they got, when I got the call that I got this, I was in the States doing a pilot for another show which had a predominantly black cast, which mm-hmm. I'd never been on for TV before. So I was inhaling the vibes. I was like, this is cool. You know, I'd never experienced it before. And then getting back here and being completely surrounded by diverse, like we had, there was all, like everyone was from different places. The actors, the every, like it was, it was actually really incredible. I don't think I've experienced anything in that kind of synergy where it was that mutual respect. Every single person had respect for the other person. It was quite incredible. And it was fun, man. I mean, Michaela and I were constantly... Michaela makes up random songs on set. <laughs> that shot glass, that shot glass stuff. She just started singing it when we were, like, in the bathroom. Oh, really? Like, yeah. But that's, came the thing, that's the type of thing that me and my friends would do. We'd come exactly. And tune. It was, it, was, yeah. it was really... It was magical because it felt very, very, you know, close to what we would be like. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was wonderful. In how have you been able to adapt to doing press online and stuff like that? Because it's a different type of, me- it's a different motion. It's a different mechanism trying to promote something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> working it out. I mean, it's very strange for me as well. Cause I'm, 
this being the job of this level, I've not had to do this much press in my oh, career. Really? Okay. No. So this is like, is this what this is like? And I've been, you know, assured that this is just a completely separate situation. <laughs> it's a lot more normal than this. But it's actually been quite, I'm happy that I can still do it because I'm learning and I'm glad for technology because, I mean, yeah, we still need to promote the show so people yeah. can watch it and I'm enjoying having to talk about it and I'm glad we can adapt rather than not having anything at all. Yeah, exactly, because some shows have had to be pulled back and then yes. you know, relaunched re- 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 later on in the year because of it. But I think there's such a strong anticipation for this show. Um, mm. Do you feel any pressure with how people are going to receive it? I mean, like anything, some people are going to love it, some people are not. Mm. I mean, it's one of those shows as well. So I was aware going in that this is going to be a mad one. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm as prepared as I can be, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I believe that people will, I believe that people will respond in the extreme as they do. But I think yeah. it's, it's what is the stories that are being told in this show are so important. And especially from a black perspective, that's very honest. I think that's necessary and I think that's that's where you guys have got it right. I'm so. glad, yeah, Michaela did a great, because Michaela's thing is transparency and yeah. just, you know, this raw, it's just there. So yeah. you can't ignore it. Nothing is sugar-coated. It's right there. And, you know, the whole, you know, everything that's touched on in the show are completely conversations that need to be had. And mm-hmm. if the conversations are had, that's all that I really am concerned about. And if, however, the conversations end up, <laughs> none of my business. I did my job. How has this role, how has being on set, how has being a part of I May Destroy You affected you, inspired you, or impacted you when it comes to the next project that you're hoping to get or you are working on? It's definitely inspired me in the sense that I feel more confident in myself as an actor. Sure. Um, and it's, I mean, seeing how the cast was and everything worked together, it's inspiring because there's jobs that you do that you don't come away, you come away and you're glad it's over. I was quite upset when we finished. Mm. And it just reignites the love of the arts, of the acting, of the whole, you know, the whole, pro- the whole projection, the whole sub, the whole um, project. What's projection? Yeah. <laughs> the whole project. <laughs> It re-inspired really, really me. I mean, especially Michaela. I mean, I was just watching her every day and I was, I couldn't believe how she was able to bring this all about. So she was there acting, directing, exec producing, like on her lunch break, she was having meetings while I'm chilling, having my lunch, relaxing. She was doing everything. And as a black woman, yeah. it can be done. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try a thing or two. <laughs> I, I think it was um, in the, again, in the conversation with Michaela, with you guys, Papa as well. Yeah. You said that you have this electricity on screen, that, that chemistry that she saw. So mm. there's something, there's definitely something that you can tap into. Got I mean, I'm tapping. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to produce. So I'm using this time to think about that stuff. I've talking to Bola Baje about something I'd love to do with her. Love Bola's work and she's mm. a friend of mine. So I'm hoping to spread my producing wings and 
be a boss. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm excited for this, you guys that are coming through because it seems like there's a collective of British black creatives who are finally getting it. I mean, we've, I suppose we've all got it, but it's just finally getting the tools and knowing which bits to move to come yeah. together and create this thing because it is so huge being on this primetime space for BBC, but it's not about it being all we've been let in. It's like, okay, how do we take ownership and do stuff regardless of whether BBC says yes or not? Or yeah. no, it's how we move forward. So I'm really excited oh, for you guys. What was the last thing you destroyed? Oh my gosh. I mean, I have tried to rearrange my bedroom, so I destroyed... <laughs> <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I destroyed that. But I'm rebuilding when IKEA decides to uh, <laughs> deliver again. Oh my gosh, yeah. We shall be getting some new furniture. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, what's the first thing you're going to do when lockdown is over? I'm raring to work. Yeah. I mean, I just want to work and go to church, actually, that, that as well, because we've been doing the online services. But I remember the first few times I was like, wow, I actually really miss going. Mm. So um, that's going to be great. However, social distancing rules dictate. But, you know, I just I just can't wait. I can wait, but I want it to be over. Yeah. To resume some sort of life. But I want to work. I miss the whole being in the space with other creatives. I mean, the computers are nice, but let's get to the yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I and I fully agree. Well, thank you, Arite. It's been wonderful. Thank you, as always, Akua. Lovely chatting with you. <laughs> you guys are so cool. So cute.